are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you. something special. Turn to 2 Kings, the third chapter. Just going to share a few thoughts. want to let the worship team know that they don't have to come up while I'm talking today. In some churches, they're up there the whole time. Last week, uh, I went a little longer than I thought, and they waited very patiently behind me. Thank you. Having been a worship leader for many years myself, I have been there, and I know that that can be a little awkward, but because of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, we can also love each other. Yes? Okay, so... We've been reading through the Bible. Many of us have been reading through the Bible. And this is such an exciting place we are, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And we're almost done with Psalms. And guess what happens when we get done with Psalms? We get to read through Psalms twice. 150 chapters twice, which is great, because can you really get all that the first time through? No. And so I kind of love this time of year because we've got all the excitement of the prophets. We've got Elijah. I mean, those are some awesome, inspiring stories about Elijah. And then Elijah, it's it's like a one-two punch. Elijah goes up to heaven in a chariot of fire. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And, and Elisha, okay, this is where it gets confusing because of our wonderful monks who translated the Bible into English back in the early 1600s. Um, the Hebrew transliteration, don't go to sleep just because I said Hebrew transliteration, okay? Some of you just wake up, what? He's talking about transliteration? Um, That's where you take one language and just turn it into another language like that. Okay, the name Elijah means Yahweh or Jehovah. Diana was praying some of the names of God. Okay, she said Jehovah. That's really Yahweh, which is really Y-H-W-H, which is really unpronounceable in Hebrew. If you don't want to know what I'm talking about, then ask me later. And I'll tell you how to Google that. I'm not just going to tell you to go out and Google that, okay? Because you might get somewhere that you don't want to go. All right. Yahweh, the God who was revealed to Moses in the Old Testament as the deliverer, the one who took the Israelites out of Egypt, that one, the one we worship, He is God. That's what his name is. That's Elijah. El-Yah. You got El, which is God, and Yah, which is short for Yahweh. Okay, everyone got that? 
Okay. So he is a prophet. He appears at the all-time low of Israel's history up to that point where the kings of Israel are very evil. They're worshiping other, they're doing everything Moses told them not to do. Isn't it amazing we're told something to not do and that's kind of what we end up doing? And you kind of wonder, how did I end up here? It didn't happen overnight. Okay, we go from David and Solomon, some of the greatest kings that ever lived, and we end up with Ahab and Jezebel. Whoa, okay, the progression is something else. Well, you get that when you're reading through the Bible, okay? Uh, so we've got evil happening, but uh, I'm encouraged that when I see evil happening, God is happening more than the evil that is going on because he sends a prophet naming, named Yahweh, Jehovah, is the only God. He is God. You can call whatever. You can call that chair God. You can call whatever demon spirit is controlling a certain area. You know, one, Baal, Baal, that means Lord. That means whatever they chose to worship. You read about Baal in the Bible? Okay, there were many lords. There was one called Baal-zebub. He was Lord of the Flies. Okay, he was being worshipped right now. They took on the worship of all the people around them, which is what Moses told them time and time and time again. Don't do this. They did it anyway. Instead of washing his hands of the whole thing, God sent a prophet named God. Jehovah is God. So don't despair when you see all this crazy going on around you in your own life or in the life of our nation or the life of this world. God still has his prophets. God still has his people. And you and I are those people. And we declare to this world that Yahweh is Lord. That's what our life should be a declaration of. Amen? Okay, so that's Elijah. He goes up to heaven in a chariot of fire. He has a young apprentice. His name was Elisha. And that's why I said this gets confusing. Elijah, Elisha. Okay, Elisha. This gets even more specific. You have L, which this is... Hebrew lesson was brought to you by the Bible app. Okay. <laughs> Read through the Bible, the U version. All right. El, Elisha, it's really Elishua, which sounds like Yeshua, which if you've hung around a little while, you know Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. So Elisha's name means... God is salvation or God is delivered because Jesus is not a Hispanic name, Jesus. All right, I saw some post recently and it said today's, today, <laughs> did you see that? It was at the Texas Roadhouse and it said today's meat is good because it was carved personally by Jesus. <laughs> 
But when you see the name Jesus, it's spelled Jesus, okay? For those of you who are not bilingual, okay? So it said, today's sirloin was carved by Jesus. <laughs> and it's bound to be really good. Okay, that may be funny to you later, okay? So just... Okay, so his name is really Yeshua. But again, thanks to the translation and the transliteration, we call him Jesus. But if you say Yeshua in Hebrew, you're saying deliverer or savior. Okay? So it has a lot more power than we give it credit for. Now, Elisha's name means God is a deliverer, God is a savior. So not only is he God, not only is the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, the God of the Hebrew Bible, the God of the Christian Bible, not only is he God, which is a testimony to the world, and Elijah proved it by having a face-off on top of the mountain with 450 prophets who worshipped all these other gods, and God sent his fire, and that should have been end of story, right? That should have just been it. Did you hear? The God of Elijah, the God Yah, Yahweh, he sent fire, it burned everything up, everything was soaking wet. And then he, he sent rain. It hadn't rained in forever. He sent rain. You'd think that would have been the end of the story, right? Ah, everyone got saved. It was marvelous. They had a social afterwards. They had ice cream and fried chicken. <laughs> and they all got saved. End of Bible. No. Isn't it something when you or I see a miracle or get a miracle or hear about a miracle, you'd think that would be it. That we'd be convinced of who God is at that moment, right? So we get our miracle and then the next challenge comes. Okay, the next challenge came. Her name was Jezebel. She said, very dramatically, I'm sure, that... Elijah's gone. She put a death warrant on his life. And Elijah, who is one minute standing on top of the mountain, bringing down fire from heaven, is now running as fast as he can away from Jezebel. I just say there's hope for me. <laughs> there's hope for you. Because I see miracles every week, but then the next crazy thing happens. And sometimes I just want to run. I just want to get out. I want to go to the wilderness. Send the ravens. Okay? Just send whatever. So Elijah experiences the power of God in the wilderness. Isn't that cool that God can meet us sometimes even when we're running away? Yeah, God's just God. He's amazing. And so in that time of seclusion, God tells him that all this stuff is going to happen and I'm going to give you some help. And his name was Elisha. So Elisha comes along. And he is bold and daring. And he has the nerve to say, I don't only want to take up where you left off I want a double portion of what you got. And you know, that was a bold prayer. 
Have you ever prayed a bold prayer? Has God ever answered the bold prayer that you prayed? Be careful. God just may answer the bold prayer that you pray. And then what are you going to do with it? So Elijah tells Elisha, okay, that'll happen, but you have to catch my cape, which he called a mantle, and you got to be there when I go. And he follows him, he follows him, he follows him. That happens. He catches it. He comes back. He divides the river. It's an awesome story. Okay, if you haven't been reading through the Bible, you missed all this. I'm just reviewing. Out of courtesy, okay, because this is just fantastic stuff. It's good. It's not fantasy, but it's fantastic, okay? I believe it's true. All right, so I've set the stage here, okay? So Elisha is now the prophet. He's now the big man, okay? We've still got evil kings. We've got the son of Ahab and Jezebel. His name is Joram. And he's been getting sheep from a country called Moab. And Moab says, we're not paying you anymore. So he's like, you're not going to pay me. I'm going to come and wipe you out. So he calls a good king, Jehoshaphat. I'm not going to go into all that. Okay, that's a whole other study. He says, will you join me? Sure. My people are your people. So let's go to war. And they got to go through a country called Edom, and they go through that country, and the king of Edom says, I'm going to help you too. So we got three kings going through the wilderness. All right? 2 Kings 3, verse 9. The king of Edom and his troops joined them, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. They were on their way to fight, but there was no water for the men or their animals what should we do the king of israel cried out this is the son of ahab and jezebel the lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of moab defeat us what a great testimony what a bold declaration of faith we're caught in the middle of nowhere with water so god can wipe us out That's just, I can't make fun of him, though. I've been there. I've done that. You're marching. Things get old. Things get tired. And the best things aren't coming out of your mouth. Well, out of the abundance of the heart. See, whatever you have in here is going to come out here. And that guy didn't have very much good in here, okay? But King Jehoshaphat, he's a good guy. He's a worshiper of the Lord. He asked, is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. He got promoted, okay? Jehoshaphat said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the king of Israel, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, and the king of Edom went to consult with Elisha. I love Elisha here. I just love his candor, we're going to call it. Why are you coming to me? Can't you see I have profit business going on here? I'm very busy. Elisha asked the king of Israel, go to the pagan prophets of your father and mother.
But King Joram of Israel said, No, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab. He's still speaking positivity here. Still at it. Elisha replied, And again, I just wish I had this kind of boldness to talk to some people. As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah. It's like, I wouldn't be talking to you if he wasn't here. Now, this is where it gets exciting. Bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. Did Elisha always have a harp playing when he heard from God? I don't know. She says no. How many think he did? How many don't? How many don't know? I don't know. But sounds like a good idea, right? I think this was particularly challenging to him because two out of three kings, he doesn't want to be there. Okay, there's only one reason he's there, and that's King Jehoshaphat. So he says, I think I need a little extra going on here. You ever, ever need a little extra going on when you're serving the Lord, when you're praying for something? Let's put on that CD. Let's download that tune that really, oh, we sang this one at church. Okay, your promises are true. You're going to do it again. What was that? Elevation worship. Okay. Let's play that. Let me get out my Bible, the one my grandmother gave me, the one I know was prayed over. Okay, I need a little help here. I need to create an atmosphere. You know, sometimes it's good to create that atmosphere. Okay, it's not the atmosphere that's going to do it. It's not like some good luck charm. But sometimes you need a little extra help to get in the mood, to get in the place of listening. Some people, they have to come up here and pray. That's okay. Is there any power right here that's not back there? No. But it helps them get into that place. If it helps you, if you're not saying this is the thing, the church building, there's nothing magical or special or especially anointed, but sometimes it helps you get to that place. Sometimes you call that friend that when you talk to them, I knew if I talked to Cheryl Barrett, she's going to listen, she's going to pray, she's going to agree with me, and that'll be a blessing. I used to have people, Mary Ann Brown, I could call, get in her presence, and you'd hear from God. She was a prophet. There are, sometimes you play that song, sometimes you go back to that one verse. And again, it's not the song, it's not the verse, it's not even the person, it's God through that person. All right, so, the power of the Lord came. That's what's the important part, it's not the harp. We focus on the harp sometimes. If we didn't have the harp, we didn't have church. If you don't have the pipe organ, you don't have church. Now it's if you don't have the guitar, you don't have church. People fought for those guitars. People fought for their pipe organs. You know, they used to only sing the psalms in church, and it was all without any instruments. It's not about that. It can help, but let's not make it about that. We have a thousand different churches because we're making it about the stuff that's helpful but not God. Just want to make that point. This is what the Lord says. This is what's important, the word of the Lord. 
This is what's important. The dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You're thirsty. You got to the end of your rope. God did not bring you out here to die. That's a good word for all of us. Sometimes, as you heard from Amber's testimony, I'm serving the Lord. I'm doing what he's asked me to do. And things are a little dry right now. Things are not happening the way I thought they would happen. It's a struggle right now. I need refreshing right now. And so we pray. And so we go to where we need to go. And so we get the word we need to go. God will send the water, but sometimes he puts us in a place that we have to ask him to send it because we need to be reminded from time to time that he's the one that sends it, that we don't produce it ourselves. It's not the children's ministry that does it for me, the servant and celebrate recovery. It's not any of those things. Yeah, it's great. Do it. Don't say, no, I'm not. I'm just going to sit in my room and worship God. Because I heard what Amber said. She, got, she volunteered and look where it got her. No, that's not the point of that whole thing. The point is that she thought her identity was in this one certain thing. Her identity is in Jesus. Her identity just comes because she is who she is. She's awesome. She's special. She has an awesome family. They're serving. Her husband's up there in the sound booth. She's the one that likes to be in front. He likes to be in back. And happy birthday, by the way. All right. 42. Praise God for 42. I was 42 when I first came here. Now I'm old. All right. So I just have my word for you, Jeremy, is 42 is super young. You may feel old, but you are young, okay? You're only, you're not even middle-aged yet, okay? All right. So this is what the Lord says. The dry valley will be filled with water. And I love how God does it. God does it in such a way that it could only be God. He does it in such a way. He says, there won't be any wind, there won't be any rain, but this valley is going to be filled with water, and you'll have plenty for yourselves and your cattle and all the other animals. God is a supplier of what we need. We need to remember that. God can do it however he wants to do it. These people should have known. Some of them were on the mountain when the rain came. Some of them were on the the mountain. Some saw God do it through a thunderstorm. God said, I'm just going to bring the water. It's going to be bam. I'm going to do it like I did it in the beginning when I said, let there be water. I don't know how he did it. Did he take a bunch of oxygen molecules and hydrogen molecules and figure out H2O? And it was? Or did an icy comet hit the earth and then it was water? Where did the icy comet come from? Where did that comet get the water? Well, from an explosion. Where did that happen and why? Okay. God, is it okay to believe God just did it? Is that okay? Because there's no, you got to believe that somewhere down the line. 
I don't care if you go back to the Big Bang. Tell me how it was, okay? It's okay if God says he can do it, he can do it. All right, sorry, I get on that. I get on that horse every now and then, I just gotta ride it for a while. <laughs> it's okay for, you can't explain everything in the Bible. You can't explain it away. I, oh, the, they walked through the, the Red Sea. It was a reedy area, it was reedy, it was the Reed Sea. And the wind blew really hard that day and they walked through, it seemed like dry land. Well, how did the Egyptians get drowned? I don't know, at some point you just gotta believe in a miracle. Or you and I are a miracle and we just gotta believe that, okay? We just gotta believe we're not random. Some old guy with a long beard, not John Holmes, but he just didn't dream all this up. Do your study. The Bible's too complicated. It's too, you can't explain it away. You can try. But one time in your life, you get faced with the fact that this is either true and I accept it by faith, or it's not. I choose to believe it's true makes life a whole lot better. There's just too much to it. I've been studying this for 55 years. Yeah? Kindergarten is trying to figure it out. It just works. It just makes sense, okay? This next verse is key. Verse 18. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord for he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. I want you to think of the biggest miracle you're believing for right now. And then read this verse. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious. Isn't that awesome? The biggest thing we will ever pray for in our lives our family member that we think God could never touch them, the, the finances we might need, the job we might need, the, the physical healing we might need, this is only a simple thing for the Lord. The God who spoke the universe is a simple thing. It's a simple thing. And God can do it. He can do it again. We sang it this morning. He did it once. He can do it again. Sometimes I think, God, I've used up all my favors. Every time I need a miracle. God, you gave me that miracle. We prayed for that coffee house. You gave it to us. We prayed for a new roof. You gave it to us. We prayed for more air conditioning. You gave it to us. Guess what? We need more air conditioning again. There's only two out of three units that are working in this room right now. Can God do it again? Does he want to do it again? Is it any problem for him to do it again? Don't get this idea that somehow he's limited in his favor toward us. He is unlimited. 
He is the God whose resources could never be exhausted. Oh, but I just, he would just, you know, it's okay. Now, Shelly could get all the miracles, but me, I've used all mine up. You're, you're no more special than me, and I'm no more special than you. And I believe God can do it again. If he did it for them way back then, he's going to do it for us. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. You will conquer. You will conquer. You will conquer. That's the next three words in verse 19. You will conquer. Okay, they haven't seen it yet, okay? But we have the awesome ability to know what happens in the story next. Just picture yourself five years from now. The things you're praying for, they've already happened. And you can tell about them with a smile. Yeah? Guess what? Pray and believe as if God has already answered. Right? Because he can do it. He won't do it once. He'll do it again. And then he'll keep doing it. Okay, so... Verse 24, let's skip down. When the Moabites arrived at the Israelite camp, the army of Israel rushed out and attacked them until they turned and ran. The army of Israel chased them into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. Okay, God sent the water. They had all they could to drink. The water was still there. The enemy army came and looked, and they saw the sun on the water, the reflection. It looked like blood. They thought, oh my, everyone's killed themselves. There's nothing but blood here. Let's go in and get them. They rush in. They get attacked. They get victory. God takes care of his people. It happened. If it happened then, it can happen now. Does anyone believe that? Yes. You guys believe it? Okay. How about for you? Can you believe that for you? Okay. God provided... Number one, water. Water is just a little bit necessary. Water is not optional. You need water. Your body is some great percentage of water, and you need to keep replenishing that. I don't know how many, they change their minds how much we really need. Okay, but we need a lot of water, especially this time of year. We need lots of water. You've got to have water or you will not live. God can provide water. Water is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Water is a symbol of the Word of God. We need the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit or we cannot live. Can God provide that for us? Yes. Does God want to provide that for us? This is where we've got to get our minds around some things. We think he doesn't, or he doesn't care, or he's just too aloof, or he's too concerned about more important things. God is concerned about you and I. We've got to believe that. It's truth. All right, so God supplied water when water was necessary. God supplied victory when victory was necessary. And if you read chapter 4 you'll see that God supplied for a widow whose husband was a prophet and she was going to be, she was going to have her sons taken away from her and be made 
into slaves if she didn't come up with the money. So she goes to the prophet and she says, what do I do? Okay, what, what's my, my husband worked for you, he's gone now. I'm stuck with these two kids, I have nothing. Was there any benefit that I didn't hear about for working for you? Was there a death benefit? And Elisha looks at her, she says, all I have is a jar of oil. All I have, I don't know how big the jar of oil, it doesn't matter how big the jar of oil was. All I have. The prophet gets a word from God. Borrow as many containers as you can. Most of you know this story. You've heard it since Sunday school. If you don't know it, it's in 2 Kings 4. Read it. It's encouraging. We're down to the very last thing. All I have. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Are you a believer? Then you have the Holy Spirit. All I have. Now just think about this. All I have left is the Holy Spirit. That's like saying... All I have left in the bank is a million dollars. I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm down to my last million. I can't imagine life. Some people think that way, okay? If I was down to my last million, we'd have another air conditioner. Okay. <laughs> we'd have a playground outside for the kids. Because I wouldn't keep it. I keep a little bit of it, okay, because I have grandchildren. All right. And children. And a wife. All right. I would get air conditioning in one of my cars. Okay, let me be honest here. All I have is some oil. We'll borrow every pot you can find. Okay, I'm going to use this oil because there's more of it here. Why did she even mention the oil? Well, oil by itself, you know, you gotta mix it with something to have it be something, all right? What are we having for dinner tonight? Oil. That just sounds a little gross, okay? This is olive oil, it's supposed to be really good for you. What's the date on it? That could be scary. You know, they make them so small, even with glasses, you can't read them. This is a beef I have. All right, that was just to make sure you were paying attention, okay? People pay attention to that, but as soon as you start reading a verse, it's the Bible somewhere out there. Okay, sorry. Catch this, Gary. All right. All I have will borrow every pot you can find from everyone. You see, in that moment of provision, now in, in the previous story, what did they have to do to get their miracle? Nothing. 
just listen to the prophet, stand there, go to bed, wake up the next morning. For this miracle of provision, she had to get out. Why do you need the pots? Never mind. Just give me your empty pots. Don't ask questions. She had to follow through and obey the word of the prophet. Sometimes to receive our provision, we have to obey the word. We got to do what God tells us. I could preach on that till Christmas. Sometimes we just got to, we got to do the next right thing. And in that moment, it was gathering. It was a declaration. I don't know. Did Elisha pray over the empty pots? I don't know. Did he get a harp and play over them? He might have. I don't know. It's not in here. Pour out the oil. But this is the only oil I have. This is it. You want me to pour it out? Sometimes God asks us to pour out the very last thing we have. Sometimes he asks us to give that last $5 bill to the street church. Sometimes you are so tired, but someone calls, and you got to go help them. I hate that. I just got a moment to myself, and you want me to come help you? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pour out what I got. It's in that moment of pouring that God shows up somehow. And he filled the first one. That's pretty cool. Let's go for this. He filled up the second one. And God filled up every vat, every pot, every bowl, every jar, every bottle. Until they ran out of bowls, jars, and bottles. And then the oil fell out. Ran out. <laughs> the oil ran out. Makes you wonder if she'd had faith for more, how much more oil she would have gotten. And she sold the oil. And she paid off her debts. And she had enough to live on for a while. Till the next miracle came. God provided. Okay, last story. 2 Kings 4. Last story. The woman, the well-to-do woman from a place called Shunem. And she gives Elisha a meal every now he comes through. He knows that she can cook pretty well. She's got an extra calf to kill all the time. Back then, they didn't have Denny's. They didn't have Whataburger. They didn't have... If you were traveling and you were hungry, you had to go to someone and say, excuse me, can you spare a meal? Back when my grandmother had a farm back in the early 1900s, that's what you did. You would travel through and knock on the door and say, you got a few extra biscuits? You had to depend on other people. You didn't drive through like we do. They do that at the coffee house sometimes. Excuse me, I'm traveling from El Paso to Georgia and I need to have lunch and some gas money. And I'm always like, but we aren't really on the way from El Paso to Georgia. But God's like, stop asking questions and just give them a sandwich. 
don't interrogate them. Sometimes we just got to do the right thing and not try to figure it out because who cares if they were lying? It's only a sandwich. You're not being asked to give this person a job and house them the rest of their life. Just give them the sandwich. So you give them a sandwich, you put 20 bucks in their car, whatever their story is, maybe a bottled drink, you send them on their way. Okay, so she makes them a meal. She finally figures out, after he's gotten a few meals from her, this could be a man of God. She says to her husband, let's build a room upstairs, put a bed in. I love the details. A bed, a table, a lamp, we'll make it comfy. He can stay here. Yeah, you've read this before. Okay. And so he wants to do something nice in return. What does she need? She doesn't need anything. So he says, Gehazi, that's his servant. I love that name, Gehazi. Gehazi. Well, what can we do for her? It's like if I was going to buy a birthday present for Gary, which I never have, but maybe I have. I don't know. He's thinking. I would say, Shelly, what does he need? She'd say nothing. Gehazi. What does she need? Well, she doesn't have any kids. Wait, 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 wait. No. She doesn't have a son. You know, you could have said her favorite perfume is Chanel number no. five. That would be easy. But again, without miracle intervention, we've read three different examples of without miracle intervention, it's not going to happen. Without miracle intervention, she was not going to have a son. And so he says, you don't have a son. She says, no, no, no. Don't give me any, don't, no. That's too much. I haven't been able to bear a child. And then she throws in this detail. And my husband is old. Now, I really don't want a diagnosis here of what was going on, but he's just old. So it's going to take a miracle for this thing to happen is all we need to know. And so he says, this time next year, you're going to be holding a baby. Now, that had to be the power of God because I just don't run around prophesying things like that, okay? Just, and most of the women here are like, don't prophesy that to me, please. <laughs> I said most. Some would like that happen. That's, that's cool. It says within a few months, she's pregnant, and then she gives birth. Okay? We're, gonna, we're just going to, there's much more to this story. But the, the point is, today, I know we're praying for things. We normally don't have prayer over specific situations, but there are specific, critical things going on where without a miracle, we're not going to make it. Okay? God can provide. God can provide water. He can fill a valley with water. God can fill every vat, bottle, and bowl with oil. And God can fill a womb with light. And if God can do all those things, God can do whatever we're asking him to do.
That is the power of the Word of God. So you put in your name there and you put in your blank. God can, God will, and he knows what's best. He knows what's best. That's why we have the Word of God. So we're going to stand up right now. Not even going to ask the worship team to come to try to make up for last week. All right. Even though I know they'd be perfectly willing. They're awesome. But just in the quietness of this moment, I think sometimes we're afraid even to ask. I think this woman was afraid to ask for a son because the letdown of not receiving what she was asking for would have been huge. But the point here is this, that God knew what she needed even before she was asked, before she was, before she was told of what the need was. And we have that kind of God today. There may be things that we don't even want to mention, but God knows what they are. So God, you know what those critical places are in our lives. You know about the relationships that we have that need mending. You know about the provision that we need, whether we make it public or not. God, we declare today that you are God, that Yahweh, that Jehovah is God. We declare that. We declare today that God is salvation. God is deliverance. We declare today that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, even if we've seen a miracle in the past, we declare today you can do it again. You can do it again. So Lord, we just thank you today that you're good. Even if we don't have the faith for it right now, that woman did not have the faith for her miracle. That king of Israel didn't deserve a miracle. It's not about us deserving it or not deserving it. It's about what your word says, and it's about your choice to reveal yourself. So, God, my prayer is that you reach down and you touch us as only you can touch us. And, God, you know my prayers. You know the prayers of those folks in here, whether they're desperate or not. God, we declare right now that you can do it again. You did it in your word. You did it in this book, 2 Kings 3 and 4. And I believe you can do it right now. We've got testimonies all across this room of how you can do it. Thank you for Carrie's testimony that she's standing here today because of a miracle. And if you did it for Carrie, <laughs> you can do it for anyone here. So we just lift these things up to you right now. If you have a need, just lift it up to him. Just lift it up to him. And just declare that he's able. It says in the New Testament that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even think. That's pretty powerful. So God, we repent for limiting you to our own imaginations, to our own column of what's possible. When God, that column goes on and on and on for you. We thank you for that right now.
God, we thank you for being with Caitlin and David as they get resettled, that you're going to take care of every detail, God. We thank you for taking care of all the details that as they leave, we will need to see fall into place. And we thank you for your provision in Jesus' name. Amen.